ninjas. Welcome to the Saucy Sales Show. I am so excited and grateful that you are right here hanging out with me today. Listen, being an entrepreneur can be tough, especially when you feel like you were doing it alone. And on top of that, most of you didn't go to school for sales. And yet it is one of the most important skills you need to know to run your business. But that is why your saucy sales queen is here to help you learn all things sales and marketing with a sprinkle of mindset and life as an entrepreneur. So you never feel like you're alone again. I'm your host, Logan, otherwise known as the most fun sales and marketing mentor you will ever meet. (laughs) All right, grab your notebook, or if you're driving, just listen and take notes later and be present right here in this moment while you start to become a saucy sales ninja. Let's do this. What is up, my saucy sales ninjas? How are we doing today? Oh, gosh. All right. Let's buckle up, baby. Today, we might get a little bit heated. (laughs) So I wanted to dedicate today's episode to talking about something that I have become very riled up and passionate about. (laughs) And it is it has to do with college and um, the way that I was, the way that college is perpetuated as the only option to get a good paying job, to make money, da-da-da. And the reason why this is coming up is because I recently watched um, the college admissions scandal. So there is a documentary now on Netflix that um, talks about the story of the college admiss- admissions scandal with... Um, like Lori Laughlin, Felicity Huffman, like that whole thing. So if you don't know, because you've been living under a rock, I think that was like two years ago or something, um, there were a bunch of people indicted and there were some famous people like those, you know, two women that I just named and um, that were that paid tons of money for their kids to get into a certain, you know, top college. And um, they were – what I learned in the documentary was that it was a – college, like an independent college advisor who was the mastermind behind it and who helped these parents get their kids in by pretending, and I didn't know this part either, so I learned a lot, (laughs) um, by pretending that their students were um, athletes. They would literally like Photoshop pictures of them playing the sport that they were pretending to play to get them in as like a walk-on athlete, and um, but they'd pay to, to get them in. So that is what happened. And um, so I watched the documentary just because I was interested to learn more about the whole situation. And I had a lot of thoughts come up. I had a lot of opinions come to surface. And I actually talked first about it on my Instagram stories the next day. And so many of you connected with it. So many of you agreed with me. So many of you are tired of or are frustrated by what we had been taught from a young age about college um, and about wealth. And I have, you know, that's what I want to talk about today was both sides of it from an education standpoint and what, you know, what I had been taught about college and what a lot of us have been. And then from a wealth side of things. Because obviously these were very wealthy people who did, um, you know, bad things (laughs) with their money. And I just have some thoughts about wealth and power and um, what this documentary and what this story kind of perpetuates as far as the beliefs that a lot of our society already has about wealthy people. But let's start. And I'm really going off the cuff here. I'm just kind of talking um, from my heart. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we're going to go. And like I said, we might get heated, but that's okay. Stick around. We're going to have a good conversation. And you're more than welcome to disagree with me. You know, don't be rude about it, but you can disagree with me. Um, but I know a lot of you in my community agree with me on this. So first of all, let's talk about from the college side of things. <sighs> Something that came up for me that... Um, I thought about and that is very frustrating for me to think and look back on is throughout my entire childhood, throughout all of high school, um, how college is, I don't even like shove down our throats, basically. <laughs> Obviously, this depends on where you went to school, what kind of, you know, school you went to, what community you're from, what area. Like, obviously, this is very different for everybody, but I know that there's a lot of people who relate to my situation. So, College was always the only option among, you know, what my parents would tell me, what guidance counselors, what teachers talked about. It was always college, college, college. That's how you get a good paying job. That's how you start your career. Like that should be what you're striving for. That's the only way to make a lot of money. If you don't go to college, you're not going to make money. If you don't go to college, you're going to work at a fast food restaurant. Like all of these fears and all of these thoughts about college that that was like always preached in my community as the only option. And I, you know, looking back on it, that is so frustrating for me because there were other options. There are other options for people to get a good paying job, to make lots of money, to live a comfortable life, not going to college. Especially now that I am running on online business and I realized that this, this was an option from the beginning. And I love hearing the stories of entrepreneurs who didn't go to college. They dropped out or they realized it wasn't for them. And then they now run these very successful businesses because that's inspiring to people who realize that college might not be for them or they don't want to, you know, they want to do something different or they don't want to be in hundreds of thousands of dollars debt, which we'll get to. But like for me, that was, I never considered anything else. That was always the only option for me. And it's communicated as the only option for a lot of people. So in this documentary, these students, obviously, their parents were so set on them going to college that they were willing to do something so dirty to get them into a top school. And that's what I, that's the part that to me is an absolute scam. And it's gotten so out of control is the idea that you know, all these rank, they talk about it in the documentary, but all these rankings in these schools that are quote top schools and they make it seem like it matters so much where you go to school. And for a lot of jobs, it doesn't matter. But these top, top schools that show up in the rankings, they charge buku bucks because they can, because they've built this reputation. They have scared kids into thinking that they have to go there or they're not going to make it or they're not going to get a good job. Again, I am generalizing, so don't come at me with your specific examples of where, you know, maybe it does matter. But <laughs> in general, it doesn't matter as much as the college makes it seem. And so that's what's so sad about this situation and just outside of the scandal, you know, because this happens to good people too who don't actually pay to get into the schools. But the amount of pressure that kids put on themselves, that we have put on ourselves to get these perfect grades, to do all these extracurricular activities, to give up our weekends to, you know, it, or if we feel bad if we go to a football game because we should be studying or we should be taking more AP classes or we should be doing this and that. And we're doing all these activities we don't want to do because it looks good on a resume. The class looks good on a resume. We quit band or we quit, 
we can't do the theater, you know, because we have to do all these other classes. So we don't get to do the things that we want to do for fun because there's this pressure that, oh, I need to look as the best that I can for this school. I need to study all the time to get this perfect score for the slim chance of getting into that school. Like the amount of pressure and the amount of time that we gave up and the amount of pressure we put on ourselves as high school kids, literal kids, to get into this perfect school or to be perfect for this school. And it doesn't even matter because some of us, a lot of them don't get in. And the amount of disappointment from people who don't get in, who spent so many years of their life trying to be perfect, trying to get these perfect grades, and then to not even get into the school that you were working for. That's the scam, in my opinion, is the pressure that is put on people to go look perfect for this school because it matters if you go there. And what's sad to me, too, is there is this pressure because it's like you you work so hard. I mean, it's valid because you work so hard for this college scholarship. You know, if you don't play sports or if you, you know you're not going to get an athletic scholarship, which you can't bank on that, you go for an academic scholarship, which you can't bank on that either, but you know, you, you try to get, to get money from it. And it's sad that it's like, we have to work so hard to get that, to work for that academic scholarship because the alternative is being hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And I'm obviously that's, you know, if you choose to go to an expensive private school, but that's what a lot of these top schools are, are private schools. So it costs more to go there. And it's like, if we don't get this academic scholarship, we're going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt if we still want to go to that school. So it just, it's terrible that that is the other option. We either kill ourselves as a high school kid to look as perfect as we can, to be as perfect as we can, because the other option is that we're paying off debt for years and years and years. Because colleges are charging, oh my God, oh my God, so much money. It's ridiculous. Me personally, for those of you that don't know my background, I got a doctorate degree in physical therapy. And so for me, my route that I chose, I needed college. I had to go to college. And I was actually lucky that, you know, I I was looking at top schools, top PT schools. And I was lucky that I that one of the top schools was a state school. So I did have that advantage and it was close to home. And, you know, there are some jobs, obviously, that you have to go to college to get them. I understand that. But I was never given another option. So I automatically pursued careers where college was a a baseline. And then I wanted to make more money. And so I wanted to get a good job. And I looked into healthcare. And so that I went with physical therapy. You want to know why? Because I was told, oh, physical therapists, they make good money. You know, oh, you'll you'll be able to pay off your debt. Like that's a good paying job. Psych. Do you know how many physical therapists are in massive amounts of debt? Because the salary, the debt to income ratio is ridiculous. The cost to go to PT school has risen so much and the income has not changed or it has barely come up. So I was pursuing this career like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be set. I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to get a, you know, a cushy job and I'm going to pay off my debt. So I was not concerned about my debt. I wasn't concerned about taking those loans. I was a little bit smart about it as far as I didn't take as much money as they always gave me because I didn't need that much. So I at least knew that. A lot of people don't know that. 
But I, I was going into it and I was pursuing PT school and taking out these loans thinking, oh, I'll be, you know, easily able to pay them off. Only to find out while in school, PTs don't actually get paid as much as everyone made it sound. Or they do get paid, you know, compared to a lot of jobs, it's a pretty good salary. But compared to what we pay to get that degree, it's absurd. Absolutely absurd, in my opinion. And, you know, it was a little too late at that point to do anything about it. But that was when, towards the end of grad school, where I started diving into the online world and selling online and running a business online and was so intrigued by it. That's the reason I do what I do now. I still have my degree and I still actually own own my own practice. But do you know why I did that? I started my own cash practice because I didn't want to have a salary cap. I knew that the average salary for PTs wasn't great or wasn't wasn't what I wanted, okay? I have bigger goals. I have bigger wealth goals than average. So that wasn't going to cut it for me. So I'm building a business from the ground up so that I am able to build what I want. I don't have to, you know, be told what I make from somebody else. That's what I wanted to do. And I'm so glad I was exposed to that and was able to start, you know, that career and start my online business because I, yeah, I just, I don't want to be in debt for years and years and years. I just don't. And I was never told that I would be. Nobody ever told me that I was going to be in debt for years. And there are so many physical therapists who are in debt until age 40, 50. And a lot of people just in general are, but that's not the lifestyle that I want. But the point is that I wasn't told those things and I was never given another option. I was never educated on other jobs that that are outside of grad school or other jobs that are you don't need college for. You know, nobody in no high school counselor is like talking about entrepreneurship and hey, why don't you go start your own business? No, that was never a discussion. So I never knew about that world. I never knew that there was an option. I didn't know how to do that. And it's sad because often, you know, it's always like, well, only this percent of entrepreneurs make it or only this percent of businesses make it. And honestly, I'm like, well, maybe only that percent makes it because you're everyone goes around saying that. So who's going to actually believe in themselves knowing that the percentage is that low? I think literally that belief and repeating that stat over and over perpetuates it. Because people go into it being like, oh, well, I just couldn't make the other percent. You know, that whatever percent, I'm making it up. I have no idea what it is. But I know that that's something that's been said of this is the percent that's of businesses that make it past the first year. How encouraging. Wow. So supportive. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, the going back to the college pressure and the type of school you go to, the fact that these parents... I'm not that like clearly what they did was wrong. Let's just I mean, I want to make that very clear. I don't support what they did. But clearly there was a huge pressure that they felt that they had to get their kid into a good school. Like the fact that the school was that important that they were willing to sacrifice everything to get them in there. That's a like that that's a problem. That schools and colleges have perpetuated such a belief of how important their school is and how great they are. That parents are willing to sacrifice their entire lives, their kids' reputation, for to get them into that school. And like that, I just, mm, 
gosh. And like I said, I'm not saying college is bad. I'm not saying that. I got a great education. I'm thankful for it. And there are jobs that require college education. Many jobs. That's okay. I'm not saying college is bad. I just don't like how it is thrown at our face as the only option and that you, I mean, I remember it was like looked down upon if people didn't go to college or it was looked down upon to go to a two-year college. Heaven forbid we save money. Like that was never an option for me because I was, you know, going to grad school, but I, I was pursuing a grad school job because I was educated on the fact that that's what was going to get me money. That's what was going to get me a good job. I just... I just don't like like what is taught and I just want to teach my kids differently. I want to show them other options. Hell, like by the time I have kids, I'll have a successful business and I'll teach them by the time they're ready, I'll teach them how to start their own. And, you know, it's like because college is so pushed by people or by everyone that we were educated by, now there's thousands and thousands of students in massive amounts of debt. And what I hate about that is, you know, the older generation just looking at that as like we made a dumb choice. We're not stupid because we took out loans for an education. We were told that we should do that. We were told not to worry about it because we'd pay them off eventually. But the education now is important. And this school is going to get you a great job. This is the best school. So you should take out the loans for it. Like we thought that was what that we thought that was the right decision because a lot of people are lacking, I mean, financial education. A lot of people are giving given misinformation from people around them of how long it's going to take to pay off the loan and aren't given other options of how can I avoid this amount of debt but still be successful with what I want to do. I just never had those conversations. It was just never an option for me. And I know there's a lot of other people who the same belief was was thrown on them. So that is that's what brought up those are the thoughts that I had watching the scandal was that how can there be this much importance and desire around a college that they're willing to sacrifice their lives to get into it because they feel like it makes that much of a difference because the colleges have perpetuated that belief our society has made that a belief that college is everything. It's the end all be all. It's absolutely necessary. Pay whatever you need to to get that education, to get that degree. And if you don't go, you're making a mistake. It's insane. And I hope that it changes. I hope that it has become more normal and accepted to pursue jobs, you know, from a two year degree or in trade school or starting your own business and not having everyone around you tell you, oh, that's going to fail. Oh, you should really get something more safe. And I just laugh. I mean, now I just laugh at how people tell other people to get a safe job, considering how many people lost their, quote, safe jobs over this past year with the pandemic. You know, I feel so incredibly sorry for all of those people who did lose their job, but they thought they were safe. But do you know who was more safe? The people who had their own businesses digitally, online. So why do we continue to downplay that as like, that's not safe or you shouldn't do that. You should keep a safe job. Having an online business right now is more safe than anything because there's not much that can influence it. So that is, those are my thoughts on the college side of things, on how it was just, it's 
there's just so much pressure put on kids to be perfect and to give up so many parts of their, you know, just to pursue an academic scholarship to be perfect for the school because of the pressure put on going to a specific school or to get money because otherwise we can't afford it. Otherwise, you're going to be in debt forever. How scary for a kid. Like, that's the decision. That's my options. Either get perfect grades, be perfect to get a scholarship, or I'm going to be in debt for years. Or, like, sacrifice and go to a school that other people say isn't as good. It's just, it's so frustrating to me, and I feel like I could keep talking about it, and maybe some of you would stick around. But, <laughs> oh, okay. So that's that. That Those are my thoughts on that. And I'm always open to conversation about it. But I just I just want it to change. I just want the, the view to change on college and like how the pressure that we put on kids um, to be so perfect for these perfect schools and to open up our options to learn more about opportunities and have to have to have better financial education and better loan systems that don't fuck over students. Because we don't understand that that interest is going to make us pay it off for years after. We're, we end up paying way more than what we originally took out. Again, another reason why I get pissed off when people, the older generation who didn't pay shit for school, <laughs> when they come at us, younger kids, about our loans. And it's like, well, you chose to do that. Yeah, well, I chose to take out this much, but now that's going to be you know, raised by 50%. Because I can't pay it off fast enough. Sorry. I'm not getting paid enough to pay it off fast enough. So now I'm paying double. Like that's the crazy part. That's the problem. Is that it's impossible to pay them off because of the absurd interest rates. Huh. A topic for another day. Okay. The other part. (laughs) I hope you're still sticking around with me. If you are, mm, love you. Hey. (laughs) The other part is that I wanted to address is, and that made me mad. God, you know, I just get frustrated sometimes. I just need to get it out. The other part that made me mad is the the fact that, and it's more me mad at these parents and the, these, you know, people who did this because it now just perpetuates the belief that wealth and money makes people evil. It creates evil. See, this is what happens when you have money. This is what happens when you have power. Use it for evil. That's why I don't want to be rich. I know that there's a million people that are watching it and they're saying those exact things. You know, see, don't be greedy for more money. Well, I don't want more money because I don't want that to happen. I don't want to turn into that. And it's such a backwards belief. Like, it's such a misconception because money is a tool. The people who use it for evil just lost their values or they're evil people. The money didn't make them evil. The money amplified their lack of morals. But guess what? There's a lot of good-hearted people who are amplified with money. There's a lot of people who are wealthy who do great things, but they don't end up on Netflix documentaries because they're not breaking the law or they're not politicians. So you don't hear about them as much. The wealthy people you hear about are the politicians, the leaders who are all scam artists. Sorry about it. Um, or the ones who are, yeah, doing bad things with their money. Those are the ones we hear about. So we continue to perpetuate this belief that wealth is bad and wealthy people are bad and evil and they all use their power for evil things. And and so we just like refuse to believe or even that we are allowed to want that or we, we use that as an excuse. 
you know, I don't want more money. Like I'm satisfied with where I'm at, but really we're like struggling and we actually want more money, but we're afraid to admit it because we think that makes us greedy. We think that makes us evil people because we want more money. And so I hate that it continues to just push that belief because these people did use their their power for evil, right? They did lose their morals or they weren't morally sound people to begin with and the money just made that worse. They actually were greedy people before and the money made that worse. That's why as a sales coach who talks a lot about money mindset, I continue to, you have to develop the mindset to, to be able to handle money and create a good relationship with money now, even before you have the wealth. Because otherwise your bad habits, your bad beliefs, your greed is just amplified the more money you have. If you have good habits and positive beliefs about money, that is amplified the more wealth that you have. But most people don't address those beliefs. Some people just end up having a lot of money and they never learn how to manage it or they never learn how to not, you know, they were just greedy to begin with and they didn't have any plans to use it for good. Like it's the person. Money is a tool. Money does not create evil. It amplifies what you already are. It amplifies your bad or good habits. It amplifies the evil or the good inside of you. You get to decide what kind of person you are and money allows you to be more of that type of person. So me, this changes nothing for me as far as I still plan on building wealth. I still plan on having lots of money. I'm not ashamed to talk about it. I'm not ashamed to say that I want more money, that I want wealth. I'm not. Because I know that I have good intentions. I know that I'm putting in the work now to have good habits around it. I know that I have my values and my morals that I will live by. And money is just going to help me create an impact and expand and amplify the good that I want to do with it. So as long as you have that belief from the start and you're a good-hearted person from the start, money doesn't magically make you bad. So do not let people tell you that. Do not tell let people call you greedy because you want more money for to keep your family comfortable or more than that to take them on vacation to be to live in abundance because and I've I talk about this so much like it just allows you to do more and it allows you to spend more time doing the things that make you happy invest in the things that make you happy and that make an impact and that help other people that's what money allows you to do that's what I plan on doing with money and with wealth, I don't plan on being a Netflix, on a Netflix documentary for breaking the law. So refuse to, to subscribe to the belief that money creates evil. Unfortunately, in the media and just in our world, the people that are the most amplified are the ones that aren't necessarily great people. The wealthy people that are amplified are the ones who have done shady shit. That's who we hear about, and that's why people think that all wealthy people are bad or greedy or they're going to do they're doing you know shady things but you can be a good person with money you can do good things with money and your wealth can make an impact not just on your life but on other people's lives so that was just a quick thought that I wanted to make about the belief of wealth and how 
you know, I want to normalize that. I'm continuing to to push towards normalizing talking about money and it not being called greedy all the time. Because we all know money makes things easier if you know how to handle it, if you know what you're doing. Okay, that is a big if. That's an important if. if you, like I said, if you have bad habits, if you don't know what to do with money, if you don't know how to handle it, it doesn't make things easier. It makes it harder because you're just amplifying the bad habits that you had. But yeah, if you get to, if you can take off more time from work, if you can take care of your family when you're sick because you don't have to worry about money, um, yeah, it makes things a little less stressful, okay? If you don't have to work on the weekends and you can just rest and relax and be with your family, because you have money to do that, yeah, it makes life a little bit more enjoyable. So wealth does not create evil. It makes evil people worse, but it also makes good people do better things or expand their good, expand their impact. I think that's all I have for you guys today. (laughs) Um, I just needed to get off my chest and I wanted to chat with you about it because... You know, I just want to share that message that there are other options and that any of you out there who are in a job that isn't paying you what you want and, you know, you're in a, quote, safe job and you want to do something different, don't let everything that you've been told and don't let the beliefs that you were forced to buy into your whole life impact the rest of your life from here on out. You can change it now. And now if you watch the documentary, you can have your own thoughts about it or now you kind of know what my thoughts are because I know that a lot of you are on the same page and so I just wanted to share this episode so other people could hear this message and just kind of talk about it. So I'd love to talk about it with you. Let me know if you listen to this and what your thoughts are on it. On college, on the was there a lot of pressure put on you? Did you come from a, a family, community, school that did show you other options that didn't make it as looked down upon to not go to college? Or who knew more about finances and loans and things like that. Because I know not everyone's like me. I said that at the beginning. I know that this is not a general statement for everybody. But there's a vast, um, I won't say majority, but there's a large population of people who I know were in the same situation. So I appreciate you always, always being here and listening. Um, Again, remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode of the Saucy Sales Show. And please leave a review if you have listened to this episode or another one and um, this podcast has been helpful for you. Please leave a review so that other people can, you know, get exposed to this podcast, learn something, expand their business, learn about sales, money. And um, yeah, I just appreciate you being here and I will talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Saucy Sales Show. Your time is the most precious asset you have, and I'm so grateful that you chose to spend some of it here with me today. It's time to stop saying, I love everything about my business except sales, and start believing that you're capable of loving sales and making them happen in a way that is fun, authentic, and makes you money. I would love to hear from you, so I can thank you for listening. Go find me on Instagram at LoganInMotion. Share this episode to your stories and tag me so we can connect. Make sure you come back next time so we can hang out again. See you soon.